Hello, everyone. Welcome to Your Loved in Christ. This is Tijuana L. Kander speaking today. Thank you for joining me this Saturday, January 7th, 2023. I would like to share a podcast with you concerning a very important subject, why evangelicals go Catholic. The interview is with Dr. John Piper. Many of you have heard of him. He has many books. He is also founder and teacher for a website titled or called DesiringGod.org. And he also has his own podcast called Desiring God. Listen to this special podcast by Dr. John Piper. from Abby in Millersville, Maryland. Pastor John, in the past few years, I've heard from several former Protestant friends, 20-somethings from a variety of evangelical denominations, that they are joining the Catholic Church. Some of these friends are saying that they place a higher value on tradition than on Scripture. They are people with whom I spent years ministering and studying Scripture. What's going on here? Are these just non-believers who are being weeded from the fold? And what do you say, Pastor John? The road to Rome is not a new phenomenon. It was happening when I was in college. Uh, It's always been happening ever since there was a a church. Uh, People have left and people have returned to the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, and, And I suspect it will always be as long as both kinds of churches exist. It would be way too rash to say that everyone who makes the trek from Protestantism to Roman Catholicism are unbelievers who are being weeded out of the fold. There are just too many different kinds of reasons, and the stories are never over in this life. So if a person goes this way or that way, you don't know where they're going to end up. And so don't write them off in either either case. There, there are a lot of reasons, and it might be helpful for me to give you my take on on why, why do people sometimes gravitate towards Roman Catholicism out of evangelicalism? And I give you, here's four things. One, many people of those who return to Rome are hungry for seriousness and are tired of the slapstick worship services that are normative in many evangelical churches. Number two, many are hungry for roots a sense of history that they don't feel in the new church plant down the street that seems to mainly want to hide its connectedness to any tradition. Three, many are hungry for intellectual and artistic richness that worship services in jeans and movie clips and bouncing beach balls and the shrines of the drum set just don't satisfy. And fourth, many are hungry for authority and clarity and stability and sometimes it's just easier to let the church tell you what to believe and to be unburdened by the need to work it all out so those would be at least four things that i think grip some people and say i think the roman church is more satisfying in all those regards but for for me tony even though i sympathize with every one of those my my heart here we have dr john piper speaking why evangelicals go catholic and what i would like to say is 
is that all of those points, especially the first two, a deep root and a deep reverence and penetration of worship in God to be able to have that seriousness and not a watered down, lukewarm worship of where there's a high level of accountability there for a contrite heart and for, I wouldn't say, I don't, I'm, I'm not here to um, judge, but I'm going to leave it as that. That is what I'm looking for. And some get it mixed up. They think, or they're confused. They think that we're worshiping Mary when we're actually reverencing Mary and uh, we're not worshiping the saints. We are reverencing the work that they have done and what they bring to our lives. And there is a such thing as miracles. There are such thing as miracles of Mary. I will get into that later this week. I thought that this, that would go great. And this, this uh, particular podcast will go great into the case for Mary that I will be speaking on, that I, that I had announced that I will be doing. Uh, we are reverencing Mary and we worship God and we worship Christ. And so we ask the question, what does Christ have to say? What does God have to say? But then how do what, what how does God speak to us? How does Christ speak to us? But then we ask, how do the miracles of Mary speak to us? We've heard of an Esther anointing, a David anointing, um, um, Elijah anointing, Elijah anointing. Uh, we've heard of uh, a Deborah anointing. We've heard of all types of anointings, which go finally into beautiful anointings. And those beautiful anointings are unique as the Holy Spirit gives each of us our different anointings and how we receive them. It's the same way of how the saints have lived their lives. In the Old Testament and even in the Bible, those that wrote the books, some of them were prophets and some of them, are, those are their names are in, in the Bible. And we read the, we read those all the time and we study those and we know how they reflect back to us uh, about different anointings in our lives and about how they walked their walked in their life and in discipleship and how we are to follow them. That is why the saints are reverence. That is why Mary is reverence. I can't, I'm not going to go real deep because I still have the podcast to do the case for Mary. I hope that you have enjoyed this um, short podcast uh, because if I, I'm, I'm going to go deeper in the case for Mary this week. And that is how we across the board. I want to share something very profound by Father uh, Father Colonel, but or Connell, and I'm going to get that right because I'm good with faces. I need to be great with these last names. And um, I did speak with him, and he said something very profound when it came when it comes to. When it or when it pertains to evangelicals and Catholics, and how we can be misconstrued with one another across the board. And he did tell me I had it correct, but it was something profound, and I'm going to wait to share that in the podcast, The Case for Mary.
Thank you for listening. You are loved in Christ.